This is the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast, Episode 154. Good day and welcome to this episode of the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. I'm your host, podcaster, and author of Fun Fantasy Reads, Jamie Davis. This podcast is exactly what the title says it is, folks. We focus on everything to do with fantasy and sci-fi books, whether it's space opera, military sci-fi, epic fantasy, swords and sorcery, you name it, we bring you the best and brightest authors from all the various corners of the fantasy and sci-fi book world. We're going to go ahead and get into the show, and that means we kick off with my own author update. I am now closing in on the end of The Paramedic Sorceress, which is book nine in my Extreme Medical Services series about paramedics and supernatural creatures. Um, The story is just about over the hump I usually run into in the middle of my books, and I'm racing now to the finish line. So my plan after finishing this book in the next month or so and getting it off to the editor is to dig in and work on finishing up the accident. Accidental Monk, which is books book number four in my Accidental Champion series. So um, you can always actually find out what I'm up to at any given time um, and a lot more by heading over to my uh, Facebook group that's um, available for you at Jamie's Fun Fantasy Readers, where I give you sneak peeks of upcoming covers. I have special giveaways I do on a monthly basis, as well as a lot more. And we talk about everything to do with fantasy and sci-fi over there. So not just my books, but our favorite movies, TV shows. What are we binge watching lately? A lot of that stuff happens over there. So come by and join the fun. All right, let's go ahead and get into this week's uh, episode interview, and that means we will be welcoming British author Michael Ross. Michael is an established actor in the UK and a voice actor as well. Also has a leading fitness brand called Ket Fusion. However, after having surgery performed and getting two new hips, he decided it was time to try something new. And uh, after a visit to a clairvoyant, they told him he must write. So he didn't just take it as a crazy idea. He actually went out there and did just that, and he hasn't looked back. He's a multi-genre pantser in his own words. He writes everything from children's books and horror stories to true life and mammoth epic fantasy, which he calls The Wand Chronicles. He's currently writing a series called The Big Fairy Adventures and has a real honest-to-goodness fairy garden in his front yard that is visited by children of all ages in his area that want to believe in fairies. Check out my interview with Michael and our chat about the magical world all around us and his series, The Wand Chronicles. Michael Ross, it's great to have you here on the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much for inviting me on. I'm looking forward to, to well, to meeting you and also to chat with you. Definitely. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself to the audience? Tell us a little bit about who you are and uh, your books and um, how you got started writing. Yeah, well, uh, my name is Michael Ross. I'm I'm based over in the UK. I'm in a cold bit of the northwest of the UK. We've got a lot of snow here uh, at the moment. Um, Well, I've not always been an author, to be honest with you. I've done many things. I've got fingers in many pies, if you like. Um, I've got an international fitness brand, which uh, became very popular in this country and also in other countries as well. 
Uh, but I've also uh, essentially been an actor all my life. Um, my mother used to tell me that when I was a six-year-old. You always used to say, stop acting for Pete's sake. So, But I didn't do. I've carried on with all that. But it was... Um, this is a very strange story, but um, with my fitness, I suddenly developed problems with both my hips, and I had to have both my hips replaced. So I've got brand new hips, and they're fantastic. But I thought I'd have to give up the fitness idea at all. So I went to see a clairvoyant. Now, however you think about these people, I went to see her. And of course, for the first few minutes, she was telling me I am this white horse in this field, which is full of mud, and I will drag my hooves out, and then I will transform into an eagle and fly off into the sunset. Ah, oh, yeah, right. And then she stopped, and she looked at me, and she said, you know, you've got to start writing. I said, what do you mean, writing? She says, well, you need to start writing into magazines and into books. I said, you know, my English wasn't very good at the best of times. He said, I don't care. You must start writing. So I left it around about six months and then started off in a little little articles on Facebook, to be honest, and uh, people started liking them. So I took her advice. I got into writing and I haven't looked back. That's great. Uh, you know, what, what a fascinating way to, to kind of find your way to this, this particular type of creativity. Um, and, and you're a creative person already from your background. Um, so this is just, I would think, just a, a renewed way to express yourself. Do you find that to be true? Yeah, I do. I mean, like I said, I was an actor all my life. So when I was presenting even with, uh, with the fitness uh, brand I had, I'm on stage in a way, in a class performing um so uh yeah uh, it's another way of explaining things and strangely enough um i'm uh, as an actor i was uh, and still am um a method actor so if you think of dustin hoffman and meryl streep they're method actors and i'm a method actor so in a play or on screen if i had a character and i need to research it I would build up that character so much that I almost could live and breathe that person. I could tell you whether to go on vacation, uh, what sort of a woman he, uh, he would marry, how many children he would have, what they'd like to read in the morning, what did he like best for breakfast. So you build it up. But that actually is transferred over into my world building and character building in my books. Uh, so in a way, uh, that side of it, the creative side of that is linked over and I'm quite happy about that. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause I, I often tell people that, you know, the characters live inside me and often tell me they're going to do things that I didn't plan for them to do. And mm. I have no choice, but to write it that way because that's what the characters are doing. Um, yeah. and people think that's a little nuts, but you know, it sounds kind of similar to uh, your process as an actor, you know, kind of immersing myself in the, the characters in the world and letting them live out through my words. Well, uh, yeah. Um, to put it all in perspective as well, I've got a very imaginative mind. I've always had one. Um, so when I build up characters and so on, um, in the end, uh, for example, I finished not that long ago a epic fantasy series called The One Chronicles. And I have my main characters that run through that. 
And to me, they're very real. In fact, two of the most loved characters in the books I've actually transferred over into a new series I'm writing now, which is called The Big Fairy Adventures. A little bit more comedic, but it's great fun. And the hero, or the, rather the heroine, is a fairy, but she's a little bit overweight. She just likes her nectar too much. And she's called Tinker Tanker. Um, but the other characters that come into it, maybe possibly one of the elves and so on, are ones that I really, really like. And my beta readers and uh, uh, sort of, if you can call them fans of my books, have always said, can't you bring those into the story? So they've come with me as I travel uh, along this storyline path, really. And let's talk about those characters a little bit, because you wanted to talk about the the Wand Chronicles and yeah. um, specifically Alphistra the, uh, Alphistra the Sorceress. Am I saying that correctly? You are. In fact, it's spot on. Um, well, when I came to the One Chronicles, I wanted something really classic. And when I say classic, I wanted images in there. So it's okay for me as the author constructing this colorful sort of um, detailed idea of the character but I've also got illustrators to then pick my brains and show you visually what that character could, could be like. And I wanted those in there too. Um, but uh, I wanted also uh, an epilogue. I wanted a prologue. I've even got a glossary in there. And on top of all that, I've got a little help with some of the elvish names, for example. So um, it just helps people to be able to pronounce them phonetically. I've always thought that's probably, to me, it's important in a book if I can read an author's uh, name of a character correctly. I always thought that was helpful. So, yeah, it's a, it's a whole complete um, idea of a book. The whole series, um, you have four books in this series. Um, is it completed four books or are you planning others? No, it's completed four books. You see, I didn't realize till I, till I met lots of friends in America that um, a trilogy consists of four books. Uh, I'm still trying to work that out, but it doesn't matter. Uh, the very first book is a free book. Um, it's called The Prequel. Now, we have a problem, you see. If you want a book... In the series, it is part of the series, you can't have it called the prequel because, for example, Amazon don't like you having a book called the prequel. So I told them it was the name of a special spaceship that was flying around the Elvish skies. So they accepted it. So I've got four books. The first one is small, but it gives you a little insight into what's coming. And then we have the book two, really, which is Elphister the Sorceress. Then we get Kier the Empath. And then we get eternity. Um, I must stress at this point that I wanted all the characters, again, because of the acting thing, to be really believable. And it's okay with human characters. We all know characters in our own lives, human characters of all sorts. Um, but how do you put a personality and a character to an elf? And that was the challenge I had, but I think I got to it pretty well. And um, they too can have personalities and they certainly have in my book. Um, and I also wanted to try to explore what would happen when the bumbling humans first came across the elves. I mean, 
uh, in my books. The elves have been around for around about three million years longer than the humans. So they're a lot more advanced in many, many ways, including a lot more magical. So uh, they start swapping ideas uh, and magical ideas as well. And I brought things into it that are mystical as we have now. I mean, I don't know in America if you've heard of ley lines. We certainly have them in here and in France. And, of course, the elves use them because on in their dimension, which, uh, which is huge, they travel from one end to the other using these mystical ley lines. So I tried to bring in uh, little items like that to make it all as believable as possible. Yeah, actually, I we do have ley lines. I um I talk mm-hmm. about them most often in um, one of my uh, series, the Huntress Clan Saga, which uh, the main character, one of her abilities is that she can sometimes, if she's in the right mood and and position, can siphon some energy from a mm. nearby ley line if if it's close enough. Mm. So yeah, um, yeah, that's uh, that's something we have too. And, and I, and I, I love that concept of, you know, lines of power running through the earth that, that, you know, are available to those who are sensitive to such things. Well, I, I go on a little bit more with the ley lines because of course the, uh, we come across a circle and it's got all sorts of hieroglyphics in it. And these circles are dotted all over the elvish uh, dimension. Uh, and when they get on them, they obviously have to say something in a, an Elvish language. In fact, I devised one. I got a language guy to put one together. It's called Solderan. And you could have a very basic conversation in Solderan, which is an Elvish dialect, with another elf if you happen to meet one. I mean, it always can be handy. You never know, do you? So uh, on these ley lines, they go on. They can say a little few words in um, in Elvish and they will get to wherever they want. Well, of course, we get the human who has no idea how these things work. Uh, the first time they try them, they end up at the other side being feeling very nauseous. So it's it's fun to watch them come to terms with it all. Uh, and I, I quite like putting the human in there as somebody who's trying his best to catch up over three million years of evolution to the uh, to the elves. Uh, so I make it I make it fun. Uh, we need to do that. I'm curious if with your acting and, and voice acting background, if you haven't ever considered uh, narrating your books for audiobooks. Uh, well, I have done. I've, I. Um, I narrated a true life story of mine called Just Five More Minutes. Um, The funny thing was, when I was coming to think about getting it recorded, I'd actually uh, sent a short script out for other voice actors. And then I thought, well, hang on, I'm an actor anyway. And I had written the book. Surely I should do it. So I recorded it. Uh, actually, it's done quite well. I think it won the 19... Well, in fact, it did. It won the 2019 uh, Independent Audiobook Awards and uh, this year the Saba Book Award as Best Narrator. So um, it's done quite well. So I decided I've got quite a few books now. I'll record all of them. But of course, it's expensive in in the UK. It's incredibly expensive to get your books recorded as an audio book. So I've built a home studio. I've got quite a nice mic. 
And I went to a big store we have over here called B&Q. Maybe it's a bit like Walmart, uh, where you are. Um, and for uh, probably around about uh, $80, I've made a studio and it works very well indeed. So I'm starting now to record all the other books I've written into an audiobook. That's fantastic. And and I just I said that because I'm I'm a huge proponent of audiobooks. I have most of my books yeah. in audio now and <laughs> it's not cheap to do. I haven't done them myself, so I've had to pay um and I'm glad to pay voice actors to perform my work. Um and uh, but I wondered about you in your situation. Um you could save a mm. lot of money by doing it yourself. Yeah, I mean absolutely. Uh and like I say, I built this it's really just using very cheap materials, um, but the effect is okay. I did send a little sample to ACX, the, one of the companies that will record them into audiobooks, and they said they would definitely accept it as being as professional. So <clears throat> I'm starting down that line. Of course, for me too, it's great fun because uh, if I was to ask you, so what sort of an accent would an elf have? I mean, it makes you think. Well, my elves, I don't know if it's possible at all, but they've obviously been on a trip to Sweden, so they've got a they've have a touch of Swedish in there as well. But it's the same with all the characters in there. I have orcs as well, um, and other strange characters. And it's great to explore the different uh dimensions of the accents that you can give a character. Um, again, it's got to be one that I feel I can cope with, but it just makes the whole thing a lot more colorful. Now, I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about the fairy garden you've constructed to uh, accompany in some way your um, current work, the Big Fairy um, the Big Fairy Adventures. Adventures, yeah. Well, you know what? It, 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 the idea came to me. I just finished the very first book. Uh, which is called How It All Began. I was about to start on the next book, book two, which is called The Golden Quandrel. The Golden Quandrel is this most amazing, powerful wand. This isn't, a no disrespect to Harry Potter, it's not a piece of wood as a wand. This is a wand that that uh, merges uh, into your body, so your whole being becomes a wand. So, where I sit, in my um, man cave, sorry, my author's den, that's better, isn't it? I can look out of my window and there's a very large grass verge opposite my cottage. And I was starting to write the second book just when the very first big lockdown happened in the UK, which is in March last year. And I thought, you know what, I'll just put a few stones down and a little note to say, here is a magic fairy circle. If you want to make a wish, you can do, because a lot of children come walking past my cottage. It's all countryside. It looks lovely. So I did that, and I noticed lots and lots of people were starting to stop there, especially children. So I started to build it, and then I built it even more and even more, till it had water features in there, it had magic watering cans, it had all sorts of stuff. And now people were coming from all around the country, really, to see it. And I thought thought that was great. Certainly the kids in my little town around here, uh, I hope, are going to uh, think about 
2020 as being a fun time because we had quite a good summer in the sense it was quite sunny. So they've had great fun, I think, coming and interacting with the fairy garden. I've got hundreds of fairies and then painting pebbles in colours that represented the rainbow. We've got about 300 little pebbles. Um, so it, it's all great fun and it's it's uh, increasing all the time. And that was, uh, it's also a bit of inspiration for me too. It makes things all a lot believable. And the other amazing thing I think is that how much people like fairies, not just here, but all around the world. It's, it's part of uh, that make-believe. And of course, as we with children, it's great. But as we grow up with adults, you know, it's ten, we tend to lose it. So it's always great on a sunny day to look out and see. There's always some children there somewhere kneeling down, maybe making a little wish uh, and chatting about the various types of fairies they can see. That's got to be one of the most <laughs> unique ways that authors have connected with people um, that I've ever heard. And and it really connects with me in, in, in a very deep level because I, I don't know if you've listened to any of my episodes of this, epi- of this show, but mm. I end every show mm. by reminding people to keep their eyes open because there is truly magic all around us. And, and we, yeah. we fi- I think yeah. as we, one of the things that happens to grownups is that we lose the ability to see the wonder of things around us. And there really, truly, I believe, is magic all around us. And um, so that's just fascinating. Now I, now I want to travel and see your mm. fairy garden because uh, I <laughs> yeah. think that's just fascinating. Well, um, you know what, Jamie? I, I really believe, uh, and I, I've had this feeling for the last maybe year and a half, that children are really important when it comes to books. And that if we can't nurture this uh, love of books and reading and stories, where will our adults be in future years' time? Um, Don't get me wrong. I think there's a great place for e-books. Absolutely. No doubt about it. But there is also a place for a book that you can touch, that you can feel, you can look at the illustrations and turn around. So what I've been doing to try to help children is I've just finished another book. It's a two-part series. uh, And this one's called A Box Full of Aliens. So I invited children from the UK, from Croatia, and from Dubai to draw me an alien. They can call it whatever they want. And they could also tell me what its superpowers are. And so I've included their aliens in my latest book. And I've incorporated their uh, aliens into the story of the book. So now for any child, you know, to think that they've got a picture of their alien in the book and it's including in the story, um, I think they're quite thrilled about it. Uh, And I've really enjoyed doing it. So um, I'm doing that a lot more. In fact, for my children's books, I don't have adult beta readers. I have children beta readers. These are people who will read each chapter as I've written it and tell me what they like, what they don't like. Has it got pace? Has it not? Because, heck, it's for a child. So why can't they have a say in it? So, yeah, I'm all for trying to bring children into this and uh, uh, getting them involved in books. I think that's wonderful um 
and I, I've worked hard to engender a, a love for reading in my kids. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I always hope that one of the things I do is I write very family friendly stories so that, um, you know, from teens on up that parents can read alongside their kids and maybe have yeah. a conversation with them about the stories they're reading as I did. You know, I, I you know, I read all the twilight books with my daughters mm-hmm. to, um, mm-hmm. to read alongside them and, and just kind of talk about those stories with them. Um, and I think that's so important. And so it's really exciting to hear you talk about how you've, you've gotten children involved in helping to, to build the stories they're reading. That's, that's exciting. Well, there's a, there's a, uh, a private school, a very large school. It's got 5,000 pupils in Dubai. And I was contacted by the principal. And she started something called the Right to Read. Um, and I was invited on to read one of my children's books to all these children uh, there. I mean, I understand about a 1,000 of the children of that age group were listening. And I think there was something like about 40 children actually on the Zoom, in the Zoom conference, watching and listening. And afterwards, there was a question and answer. And they were amazing. I mean, you know, it was great to see them having this interest in the books the school is uh, is trying to encourage. Well, listen, I, I have a feeling, Michael, we could sit here and chat about books and magic <laughs> and fairies for quite some time, but we are nearing yeah. the end of our, our time yeah. together on this particular episode. Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about where folks can find you online and how best to interact and contact you. Well, certainly, they can. anybody wants to ask me any questions, I'm open to anybody. I have uh, an email address, which is thewandchronicles at gmail.com. I'll repeat that, thewandchronicles at gmail.com. Most of my books are on Amazon, um, and I have an author profile. Um, certainly, if you look for The Wand Chronicles, then you should be able to find me there on Amazon. I mean, I have, I am getting my books over onto uh, Goodreads and Kobo uh, and iBooks and so on. But uh, the main platform for me is, is Amazon. So yeah, uh, anybody can get in touch with me anytime they like. I've got a face. I'm on most of the platforms as well uh, at One Chronicles, for example, on Twitter or um, even uh, the talented author on um, on Facebook even. So um, quite pretentious with that one. But anyway, yeah, so that's the basic place you could find me. Well, I will make sure to share links to uh, how the folks can reach out to you and contact you. you and, and definitely, of course, look at your books as well. Um, and Michael, I just keep, keep seeking the magic out there. Um, it's great to <laughs> chat with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, uh, you know, someday maybe I'll get a look at your, and uh, maybe even just a picture of your fairy garden. Um, and we can share it with the, the listeners here too. That would be lovely. Can I just mention one more thing? I should sure. have said it at the beginning. Absolutely. Go ahead. I, I, I have a website, obviously. And on that website, it shows all my books, gives you a little bit of description about them. And there's even a little button by the side of each book that would take you straight to the Amazon site. The, the um, website is www.thewand.me. I'll say that again. It's www.thewand.me thewand.me. And that's probably the easiest way to get in touch with me. 
Fantastic. Well, we'll connect okay. there as well. And uh, Michael, thanks for coming on the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. Um, you know, it was it was just a lot of fun chatting with you. Uh, it's been a great pleasure, Jamie. Thank you very much for inviting me on. And that's going to wrap up this episode of the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. Make sure you catch up with us for a whole lot more from the fantasy and sci-fi focus community, both on Facebook and also over in the Fantasy-Focus website. Leave a comment either place. Uh, we'd love to hear from you what you think about these episodes. Also on the website and on each podcast episode post, you'll find links to subscribe to the show on your favorite mobile app for both iOS, Android, or even by email, so you can make sure you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. We've got a bunch of great authors scheduled, including our next episode with author Scott Kimak. Anyway, that's it for this episode of the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jamie Davis, author of Fun Fantasy Reads. Don't forget to follow me over on Facebook, again, in uh, my reader group, which is Jamie's Fun Fantasy Readers. Or you can also find me at my website, jamiedavisbooks.com, which uh, where you can also get a free book if you're interested in checking out my reading and writing uh, over there. Um, just sign up for my newsletter. There's a link right there in the right hand column. Whatever you do, though, subscribe to the podcast. Come back here for our next episode. And while you're waiting, folks, don't forget to keep your eyes open. There's magic all around you.